Greetings. It is so good to be back with you today to share a message with you that we believe God has placed on our hearts to do so. We pray that you're in a good place as we speak. And if you don't mind, I'd like to take a moment today to pray for the Lakers' great Kobe Bryant's family. The world received the news that he and his lovely daughter, Gigi, passed away in a helicopter crash. So I ask that you join with us here at AAJ Pod in praying for the comfort of God on his children, his wife, and the rest of his family. Amen? Last week, as we spoke about lies, truth, and promises, where do you stand? A message we felt was relevant for the day and for this time during this impeachment trial of Donald J. Trump. Today, we want to ask you this simple question, which will hopefully make you think, ask yourself a question, and seek God in a greater way. And the question is simply this, which is the title for our teaching today. The righteous, where have they all gone? And our main scripture can be found in Genesis 18, 16 through 31. And it reads as follows. When the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom. And Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. So that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go down and see if what they've done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went towards Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached the Lord and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far it be from you, will not the judge of all the earth do right? The Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke again. Now that I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city because of five people? If I find 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again, Abraham spoke to the Lord. What if only 40 are found there? The Lord responded, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then Abraham said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 can be found there? The Lord answered, I will not do it if I find 30 righteous people there. Abraham said, now that I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? The Lord said, for the sake of 20, I would not destroy it. Then Abraham said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 righteous people can be found there? The Lord answered, for the sake of 10, I would not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned home. Let the Lord have a blessing to the reading of his wonderful word. 
Additional scriptures for this message can be found in Genesis 19, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, Job 1, Genesis 6, Matthew 5 and 6, Psalms 1, and Matthew 7 and 14. So without further delay, let's dive right into the message. In the text, we find Abraham pleading and even bargaining with God over the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and the people living within those cities. Scripture tells us the cities and their people had fallen into an evil and wicked pattern of behavior, and the outcry had come before God. In our opening text, we see that Abraham starts off with asking God about saving the city if he could find 50 righteous people within them. But we need not read very far within the text that we see Abraham goes back to God and pleads for the number to come down from 50 to 45. In my mind's eye, Abraham went from 50 to 45 because he had to take into account and consider backsliders. Thus, from 50 to 45. But as we read further into the text, we see Abraham approaching God again, this time pleading with God to decrease the number from 45 to 40. That's because he was reconsidering and taking into account the Bible toters and the scripture quoters, but not the word doers. But as we continue to read through the text, we see Abraham continuing to plead with God. Now he's asking to come from the number 40 to decrease it to the number 30. Because Abraham had forgotten about the ones who have been in church their whole lives. They know religion, but they don't have the relationship with God. Thus, it allows them to be judgmental and critical of the new Christians that are coming into church, seeking a relationship with God and not falling under the guise of religion. So Abraham had to plead with God to bring the number from 40 to 30 righteous people found in the land. Now we see Abraham's down from his starting point at 50, and now he's spoken to God and pleaded with God to bring that number down to 30. But unfortunately, he wasn't finished pleading with God. But as we read further in the text, Abraham continues to plead with God, going to God asking, Lord, can you bring it from 30 to just 20 righteous people found in the land? And because the God we serve is a gracious and patient God, he allows Abraham to come to him once again with another plea. And I can just imagine how Abraham approached him. Father God, I know I asked you for 30, but can we make that number 20? I forgot to subtract the lukewarm fence straddling Christians, the ones who morph into and become chameleons and transform into whatever other groups they find themselves in. If it's a group of cursors, he curses. If it's a group of gossipers, she gossips. If it's a group of hell raisers, he raises hell with them. And if it's a group of sharp claws, sharp tongued divas, she's one of them. So we now find Abraham in front of God with the number starting at 50, but now down to 20. By all practical accounts, Abraham should be finished with asking God to lower the number any lower. Are there any righteous people in Sodom? If we can find just 20, God will not destroy the land. But as we read further in the text, we see that Abraham goes back to God one more time. And at this point, he needs to lower it even lower. So as we look in the text and read verse 32, it reads as follows. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just one more time. What if only 10 can be found there? The Lord answered, for the sake of 10, 
I will not destroy the city. What I believe is Abraham forgot to exclude the weekend warriors. They put their Christian clothes on and the Christian hat for church on Sunday. But you can't recognize them the rest of the week because they take their Christian gear off and their spirituality off like people take off clothes. Thus, you cannot recognize them the rest of the week because you never know what garment they're wearing until you talk to them. Are there any righteous people in Sodom? In the text, we see Abraham started at 50, but now we're down to 10. If God could find just 10 righteous people in Sodom, he would save the land. Isn't it something when it's hard to find a healthy number of real true Christians that you can count on to go to and stand for God? In the text, Abraham had placed in front of God the number 10. I ask you this question. In your circle of friends, associates or acquaintances, if you had to place a number of those who are deemed righteous in front of God, what would your number be? If your very life or survival depended on it, ask yourself, what's your number of fully sold out righteous believers who can determine your blessing or demise? In the text, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah find themselves in that situation. If you don't mind, can I show you another revelation about this text? One thing we can garner from it is that Abraham was the one righteous person he himself could depend on. Why do I say that? I'm glad you asked. Because in the text, while everyone else was doing wicked things and living evil lives, Abraham had God's ear and God had Abraham's ear. He was able to speak to God, but not only speak to God, to plead with God and have God answer him and God oblige over and over. He was one righteous man that listened and trusted God and God trusted and listened to him. You know, if you had a situation in your life, wouldn't you want to be like Abraham? One who has God's ear, one deemed righteous in the face and eye of God, one who had a relationship with him that you heard him, listened to him, and he deemed you righteous due to it. If we look throughout the Bible, there are several times we see God deem one of his vessels righteous in his sight. Noah, Job, and in this case, we see Abraham in that same position. And what I want you to focus on is this. When you see the interaction, the communication, and the access Abraham has to and with God, all due to him being deemed righteous by God, therefore he was blessed with the presence of God. As scripture tells us and promises us, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Matthew 5 and 6. In our scriptural passage, we could see Abraham had been blessed and filled with the presence of God, as well as all his pleadings being answered by God. I ask you the simple question, wouldn't you want to be like Abraham and receive all God has for you in communication, interaction, and access to him? In the text, the situation had come up in Sodom, and the general consensus was God was going to destroy the city due to the wickedness that had come upon the city and the outcry that had come into God's presence and before him concerning this city. And there was one person that God had brought it to their attention, and that was Abraham. All the other people were oblivious to what was lingering or what God was considering doing to Sodom. Abraham knew something that others didn't. All due to their behavior and wicked ways, there was a punishment lingering. Do you know it's hard to have a conversation with God about the behavior and wickedness of others when your behavior and wickedness mirrors theirs? Let me go a little deeper in that thought. God didn't choose the wicked living or the evildoers to warn other wicked livers or evildoers 
He chose a righteous man. Let me ask you this. Has God chosen you lately to share something with someone else who he saw was doing evil or wrong deeds? Or has he had to speak with someone else to tell you about yours? God speaks and uses the righteous. Ponder that thought for a minute. And if you don't mind, I'm going to stop right here and we'll pick up part two the next time we're together. So until then, be blessed. It is good to be back with you. So you're back. I'm back. We're back. So let's dive right back into part two of The Righteous. Where have they all gone? Let me ask you this. Has God chosen you lately to share something with someone else who he saw was doing evil or wrong deeds? Or has he had to speak with someone else to tell you about yours? God speaks and uses the righteous. I say I want to be on the side of the one being used as opposed to the one being warned. God is looking for righteous men and women to use to warn others, to pray for others, and in this text, to bargain and plead with him for the saving of others. In the text, the number Abraham presented to God was 10. If he would not destroy the city, if there were just 10 righteous people. And God being the gracious and merciful God that he is, he accepted the 10 instead of 50. One fifth of the initial number. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Second Chronicles 7 and 14. Sodom was in need of healing. Some of our households are in need of healing. Some of our families are in need of healing. Some of our cities are in need of healing. America is in need of healing. Because this present administration has divided the country and brought discord and the worst angels out of people. Neighbors and family members being evil towards one another and even spouses. America is in need of healing. The land God has given mankind is in need of healing. In the text, Sodom and Gomorrah was in need of healing or it was going to be destroyed by God. And we find Abraham talking to God because the land is broken broken into evilness, wickedness, lying, and wrongdoing. Does that sound like the culture we're living in right now? A broken land where kids can be put in cages and no one seems to care. People's health care being taken to court in order to be challenged to be taken from them, and no one seems to care. The poor being stripped of assistance in the form of food stamps, and no one seems to care. The rich being greedy while the poor is more needy. The land is broken and the people need to humble themselves, seek God's face so he can heal the broken land. Sodom was broken and Abraham heard from God about the brokenness of the land and what God was going to do about it. I'm here telling you our land is broken right where we stand and God will do something about it. As we move to the text, scripture says two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. No, they answered, we will spend the night in the square. But he insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. 
Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, No, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you and you can do what you like with them. But don't do anything to these men. They have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of our way, they replied. And they said, this fellow came here as an alien. And now he wants to play the judge. We'll treat you worse than him. They kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness, so they could not find the door. That's Genesis 19, 1 through 11. In the text, we see that evil was running rampant in Sodom. Evil had replaced goodness, immorality had replaced morality, and justice being replaced by lawlessness. Enemies' presence had replaced God's, and wickedness had stepped in and overtaken righteousness. And it had sucked the people of the city into its grasp. So much so, there could not be found 50 righteous people in the land. Do you know when the evil, lawlessness, and the enemy appears, he can overtake and lead even the good ones to lawlessness and doing wrong. If we take a look at our elected officials, men who you thought trusted and elected, men who spoke of justice, righteousness, family values, morality, these are the very ones who impeach Bill Clinton for demeaning the office with his immoral behavior, are the same ones who are supporting, acquitting, and overlooking the immorality, injustices, lack of values, and evilness of 45, whom appears to have no righteousness in his being. Do you know when wickedness comes to your area, it can overtake you and have you doing things you'd never believed you would do? In the text, the men of Sodom were more interested in sleeping with other men than they were with women. Do you see how the lack of righteousness in your midst can take you down a dark road? Understand these types of immoral behaviors can bring forth the wrath of God on you, as we can find in Romans 1, 21 through 32. That's where Sodom was at the time of this reading, mired in evilness, wickedness, and immorality. Can you see America being in that same place as well? In our text, the men were hell-bent on having relations with the three visiting men whom Lot had invited into his home, turning down offers of relations with women. As scripture says in Romans 1, their thinking had become futile and their foolish hearts had been darkened. Wisdom was overcome by foolishness and they had been given over to their deprived minds. Righteousness had run out of them as well as out of the city. Could there be just 10 righteous people left within Sodom? From the looks of it, the city had become filled with every kind of wickedness, evilness, greed, and depravity. Please allow me to share this with you. Where one spirit of the enemy reigns, others are there with it. An addictive spirit brings lying spirits along with them. Greedy spirits are accompanied by deceptive spirits, jealous ones with gossiping and slandering spirits. An envy or covenant spirit brings a hateful spirit with it. And they all run in packs and fall under the leadership of evil and wicked spirits of the enemy. Understand evil and wicked spirits run in packs, not individually. 
In the text, the spirit of lust and depravity of mind had entered the hearts and minds of the ones at Lot's door with lustful thoughts of sleeping with other men. In this text, it wasn't until the Lord struck the men at the door, young and old with blindness, that they were able to escape the foolishness of these men. Can you see how the old can influence the young? Old foolishness breeds young foolishness. That is why it is so important that we don't allow old leaders to lie, to be foolish, to become lawless, because they have influence on the young and upcoming leaders. It is my belief that young people need to begin running for the Senate and Congress in order to remove the influence of the old fools that are there now and whom have been there past there and the country's need for them. Because as our scripture says, their minds have been deprived, hearts darkened and selfishness has led to evil and they lack the righteousness needed to warn young people to listen and to follow them in their present state. In the text, the older men as well as the younger men following their lead had now become blinded, so much so they could not find the door to Lot's home, thus the righteous men inside being protected from harm. Do you know God guards and protects his righteous ones? Can there be just 10 righteous men in Sodom? That is the question that is lingering, and by the looks of it, thus far, that number might be hard to reach. Remember, that's the number that Abraham had placed in front of God and the number that God had agreed to in order to save Sodom and Gomorrah. Understand the number 10 in the Bible is symbolic of authority of God, his government on earth, symbolizing responsibility, law and completeness. It is considered to be the symbol of obedience and responsibility of people towards God's law. Ten righteous people who would be obedient and show responsible behavior, actions and deeds towards God's law. Just ten was all that was needed to save the city. I ask you this question. Do you know ten really righteous people? If God called on you to point them out in order to save something important to you, could you point out ten? Do you know ten you can vouch for based on how they live their lives in Christ? With the starting count, of one beginning with yourself. Are you the first righteous person you know or you would choose to start your list? Hmm, good question, huh? In the text, blinded and not able to find Lot's door, thus not able to get to the men of God inside on the other side of the door. This is a significant scripture because it illustrates and demonstrates when a man or woman is blinded by sin and evil and wickedness has darkened their hearts and minds. It is almost impossible for them to find God, even when the door is right in front of them and God is on the other side of it. But due to being in a blinded state of wrong and of evil, one is unable to reach him. Understand, it is not until one is set free from evil, wickedness, immorality and sin that one can find God. Allow me to close like this in the scriptural passage. And please take time to complete the reading. The city of Sodom. And all of its wickedness was destroyed by God, along with this twin in evilness and wickedness, Gomorrah. Remember, spirits don't run individually. They run in packs and pairs. And Gomorrah was Sodom's partnering evil spirit. But the text tells us that Lot and his two daughters were spared by God. But Lot's wife and her disobedience didn't make it because she looked back when she was told not to look back at the evil, the wickedness and sinful city of Sodom. This is just a side note. 
God is telling someone listening to this. Don't you dare look back at the evilness, the wickedness or the sinful acts and behaviors that he has pulled you out of, spared you from and given you an escape route to safe passage away from that life. You better not look back. You better not go back. You better not go backwards to what he's brought you out of, because what's ahead of you is greater than what's behind you, because that back there will destroy you and turn your heart back into stone, a stone pillar of salt. In the text, God was merciful to Lot and his two daughters. He allowed them to escape, leaving behind everyone else to be destroyed with the city. Do you realize there are benefits to being righteous in the sight of God? Scripture says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's Matthew 5 and 6. Lastly, let me leave you with this. God is looking for some righteous men and women in this land. God is looking for ones he can talk to who will listen and will live righteously before him. God is looking for ones to give his precious messages to. God is looking for the righteous to use. God is looking for the righteous to bless. God is looking for the righteous to work through. I ask you, will you do what it takes as Noah did, Job did, Abraham did in the text to be the righteous one amongst the evil and the wicked? Be the one that God comes to, to speak to about a problem that has come up or that comes up before him. Be the righteous man or woman he needs, desires, and deserves. Are there that few righteous left? At the beginning of our text, Abraham began pleading with God and he placed the number at 50 righteous people in order to save the land. But in the end, he pleaded the number down to just 10 righteous people in order for God not to destroy the land. As we complete the text, we see that Lot and his two daughters were the only ones who escaped the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. So I say the number of righteous that Abraham should have placed in front of God was three. I'll leave you with this. If God came to you today and said he only needed three truly righteous people that you could bring before him in order for him to do something in your city to heal the brokenness or to rid it of evil and wickedness, I ask you this, who would be your three that you would bring before him? And if you start your count today, are you number one in your count to the number of three? Or does your number start with someone else? Or are you included in your own count at all? Understand, because sometimes all God needs is three to do something special. I ask this simple question as I leave you. Where have all the righteous gone? Does not one want to be righteous in the eyes of God anymore? Blessed are the righteous. Blessings show up for and on the righteous. As we saw in the text for Lot and his two daughters. Blessed are the righteous because they will be planted by a stream which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves does not wither and whatever they do prospers. God blesses, protects, and prospers the righteous. Where have all the righteous gone? Today, let God know you haven't gone anywhere. You're right here for him to use and you desire to be amongst the righteous in his land. Amen. As always, we hope you enjoyed today's message. We welcome your feedback. And if you were blessed by the message, please feel free to pass our podcast information on to both friends and family. We pray that you have an awesomely blessed day, and we thank you again for allowing us to share a word of God with you. To God be the glory. Amen.
AAJ Pod, where the passion for Christ meets the purpose of Christ.